party makes all the difference when you're planning on hanging out with some special people. Guess what? We are ready and excited to spend time hanging out with you. You are so special and we are super grateful to be able to spend time with you today. With that, we want to welcome you to the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast, episode 78. My name is Don Rosinger and I'm here with my husband and co-host, Travis Rosinger. Well, hello. It's so awesome to have you guys with us today. I can't, Don, wait until we dive into today's topic for this episode. It's going to be so good to just have a chance to focus on marriage and to reconnect with everybody out there. Before we start, we just want to remind you, if this podcast has encouraged you or challenged you in any way, share it with your friends and family on social media and be sure to give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It's at the bottom of the list of episodes. You just scroll to the bottom of the list of episodes and hit the five stars. Feel free to leave a comment and we would love to give you a shout out on a future episode. Well, ladies, many of you have friends who you know are struggling in their marriages and they could use something like this in their lives and relationship. Yet you might not feel comfortable suggesting this podcast directly to your friend because you wouldn't want to make them feel like you're judging them in any way. One of the best ways to get this podcast in front of relatives and friends is to share it on social media. Last week, we got to talk to you about how we were starting a group in our home yeah. through our church. And <laughs> so we cool. have 20 people in our group. And Monday night, all 20 of them they showed, showed up. up. It was Can you a believe blast. It? <laughs> we got to take time. We got to hear everybody's stories, just kind of how they met and how they grew up a little bit. We read and we studied First Peter and we even sang a worship song together. It was an awesome night. So good. And Don, it blew me away that we were able to go around the room, 10 couples, 20 people, and even just three to five minutes per couple having a chance to share their life story and some of those significant events. We walked out that night or everybody left. And man, do we feel close with those people. Right, we do. It's so awesome. It's funny because we truly believe that real life transformation happens in community. And we want to make sure that we're connected. So if you're not in a group in any way... Make sure you find one and just have them over to your house or just join one. Yeah, and that's code for don't be alone. Right. Why be alone when there's a billion other people on the face of the earth that would love to hang out with you? Well, Don, recently, as you know, I caught an article in the New York Times, and it's about a lady who was really talking about how her and her husband wanted to get a divorce, but instead of getting a divorce, they wanted to stay together for their teenage kids because they knew and know that their teenage kids are about to go off to college. They want to, as parents, spend as much time as possible with their teenage kids. So they decided to get divorced, but to live together. And here's the irony of the article, to be even more integrated together in their lives. And it's kind of funny. I'm not sharing the article because, Don, I'm trying to judge them or criticize them. But at the end of the article, the lady was basically saying, look, now that my husband and I are essentially divorced, but living together in a more co cooperative way and raising our children for the last little bit of time that they're at their house, she was saying, we're actually loving it. We're getting along great. We're doing amazing. And I kept thinking as I was reading this article really about marriage and relationships and their decision to get divorced, but live together. I kept thinking, well, wait, why didn't they just make it work while they were married? They could have tried that first. They're still living together. She basically said nothing's changed in their marriage, but they're now just technically divorced. And I'm like, no, no, just 
just stay together yes. and make it work. Do whatever you need to do to change yourself. And so I'm just highlighting that article because I want to push back a little bit right. and say, you can do it. You can make it. Don't come up with some weird idea or, you know, alternative plan for marriage. God planned it and it will work. Get some help if you need help. So Don, on to the topic of today's episode. We're really talking about something that's near and dear to our hearts. So I'm just going to throw out a question to myself. Why did I fall in love with you, Don? Obviously, there was something about you, and that is why I chose you. I remember looking into your eyes when I first saw you, and I thought, wow. I mean, you literally took my breath away. And I, do you remember getting in the back seat of my car? I was 16. Right. You were you driving. Were, yep, you yep. were 14. And I couldn't take my eyes off you. I kept adjusting the rearview mirror (laughs) so that I could keep making eye contact with you. But it was your hair. It was your beautiful brown eyes, your gorgeous smile. You had just this beautiful face as you still do today. Beautiful woman. But also there was this peace about you. I sensed a peace inside of you. And when you and I would talk, you were the most incredible listener. And then you were athletic. Like you were, you could run, you could keep up with anybody. Sometimes you just outpaced me. And there were so many amazing things about you. You love to bake. So you fed me well. You used to write (laughs) tons of notes. And I just, you were just drop dead gorgeous. I was so attracted to you. Well, I can't just help but smile. So thank you for all those kind things that you said to me, Travis. But it's funny, there is something that I was attracted to. And I remember when I was 14 and we were at a youth group event and you had to drive from one place to the other and you jumped in the driver's seat and the car was full of teenagers and you kept adjusting your mirror looking at me. And I was like, why does this guy keep staring He's at me? He's a creep. <laughs> but I was attracted to you because as a 14-year-old, all the way up until we started dating at 16, I was very quiet. And you were so outgoing. Like I was attracted that you were hilariously funny, but then you were just charming and thoughtful. You noticed the little things. I remember Travis, I didn't have my ears pierced. And you asked me one day, why don't you have your ears pierced? Because I thought you were already so beautiful and then you would be even more beautiful. And so what did I do? The next week I went out and got my ears pierced. (laughs) And you noticed the following week that I had gotten my ears pierced, but you had suggested it. And I'm like, oh, you know what? I, I really want to get my ears pierced. But Travis... You love Jesus like no one else I had ever known before up to that point. We're teenagers, but man, your relationship with Jesus, I was so attracted to you in so many different ways. Well, as you can tell from both of us sharing that attraction is a huge piece of love and it's an integral tool when it comes to chemistry and marriage. And I want to make myself more attractive to you, Don. And you seem like you're on the same page. You're always wanting to do the same to me, to make yourself more attractive to me. I I know you're, you're not over the top and buying clothes, but there are many times you'll come home from shopping and then you put on a a new outfit and you walk in the room and I'm stunned. I'm like, wow, I love those jeans or I, I love that shirt. And it's so cool that you try so hard and you work out and you stay in shape and you are constantly growing yourself. Again, Don, you seem like you're always trying to make yourself more attractive to me. And I love that. So what does the word attractive mean? Well, according to Merriam-Webster's dictionary, the word attractive means arousing interest or pleasure. Arousing interest or pleasure. They get your attention. So 
Is this accurate, Don? This definition? What do you think? I absolutely think it is very accurate. It's funny because when we first meet, there's got to be that instant attraction. There's got to be an interest that you have together that attracts you to each other and makes you want to get to know each other better. So Travis, what about you? Like, Do you feel like this is accurate? You know, I really do because to me, this definition, the connotation is it stops you in your tracks. So you really notice this person, but also by noticing them and looking at them and being around them, it increases pleasure. It's like, oh, this feels so good to just be in your presence, to just look at you. So I think this is a really good definition. I think it's something that we need to keep pursuing rather than just when you first meet, right? Like when we first met, we were very attractive to each other, but something in marriage that we have to keep pursuing. Yeah. And that keeps the marriage healthy, keeps it growing and getting better and better. So Don, what are some qualities that you personally think are attractive on a person? Like, you know, in general, overall, what makes people attractive? I think attractiveness means something different to me. I'm attracted to integrity, someone who's full of integrity, honesty, someone that I know will tell me the truth and they're not lying. Trust is a very attractive quality. Someone who I know has my back or someone who's hardworking, motivated. They want to just keep moving their life forward. Someone who's positive and someone who is focused more on others than they are on themselves. And I'm so excited, Travis, because you have all of those qualities. You are a very attractive person, and that's what attractiveness is to me. So how about you, Travis? What are some qualities that you personally think are attractive on a person? Yeah, for me, when I think of that, Don, I immediately think of somebody who is kind and thoughtful. In our world today, there are so many people that are angry and they're going against each other and they're just kind of looking to be frustrated. But when I think of somebody who's just loving everybody and wants to bring people together, I mean, that's an attractive quality, somebody that has unity. But I also think of intelligence, a person who wants to think through some of the harder things in life or really stretch their own minds. Don, you're great at this. You're always growing yourself. You're becoming more and more intelligent, or should I say educated? You're, you you listen to a ton of podcasts, a ton of books. And I, I love that about you, but it's also a person that will serve others that, like you said, is outward focused, but they know that their life is not about themselves, that they're wanting to make the world a better place. Those are just a few of the attractive qualities that I think of uh, when I think of someone who has that, you know, they're just a beautiful person. Something that I have often thought and maybe have even said is that good looks may get you noticed in the beginning, but how you behave and carry yourself will prove attractive long after the fire and passion of infatuation have gone out. I mean, infatuation is an incredible thing. It's the butterflies in our stomach. It's, you know, what I saw when I would adjust the rear view mirror, Don, and look at you. I was infatuated with you, falling in love with you, but it's how you behave, Don. It's that over the long haul, that's huge. Mm. That's made such a difference in my life and in our marriage. It's interesting that we're talking about attractiveness, but majority of the qualities don't have anything to do with the physical. And according to Business Insider, the top eight attractive qualities that people look for in a partner are trust, friendliness, vulnerability without neediness, humility without embarrassment, confidence without cockiness, genuine interests sense of humor, and optimism. And it's interesting to go through that list because did you notice that none of these had to do with looks? 
Yeah, that's so true, Don. And really, when you think of who you want to be married with, I mean, you want to be married to somebody that are all of these things. Those are great qualities. I'll never forget a couple that I did premarital counseling for and the husband, or I should say the fiance, was so cocky, was so full of himself that I was really blunt and I warned them that that could be dangerous in their marriage. Now, fortunately, they're still married, so I think they overcame it. But uh, these are true. These are absolutely true. They absolutely are. I know for us as a couple, being an attractive spouse is really important. And that's part of why we did our very last episode, episode 77, called Do You Have a Coach Yet? When people don't allow others around them to coach them on their behavior and emotional intelligence, it can cause them to become very unattractive. Beauty and looks are important, but who wants to be around someone who looks great, but drives you crazy with their arrogance, their bad attitudes, and their unkind personality? I don't want to be around that type of person. I totally agree, Don. That's a nightmare. And it's a nightmare that you keep living day in and day out. Honestly, Travis, attraction doesn't just stop at the individual level. Why do I want to work at being an attractive person? Because I want my husband, Travis, to continually be attracted to me. I want to grow in my desire and attraction to him. Again, it doesn't stop there, though, because for Christ-centered couples, where Jesus is the middle of the relationship, we have a responsibility to be an attractive couple and to have an attractive marriage. And here's why. Because in the Bible, it's explained that marriages should be very attractive. In fact, it's also commanded that a husband and wife should make themselves irresistible to each other. Ephesians 5.31 says this, A man leaves his father and mother and is joined to his wife, and the two are united into one. This is a great mystery, but is an illustration of the way Christ and the church are one. So again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself, and the wife must respect her husband. I'm just going to repeat that again. It says, so again, I say, each man must love his wife as he loves himself and the wife must respect her husband. Ladies, you know, when your man loves you more than himself, is that attractive or what? When he makes supper, cleans the house, bathes the kids, when you're gone and you come home to the sparkling clean house, now that's <laughs> attractive. You know, men, when your wife has a deep respect for you and honors you as a man and talks about you behind your back in a positive way, is that crazy attractive? Yeah, it's great. You keep doing that, Donna. I love that. That's awesome. But no, I agree with you too. Like, I I feel like that helps our relationship so much when I'm serving you and loving you and wanting to do things that make me more attractive to you. To drill down even further on the main point of this episode, an attractive marriage is one that looks like Jesus's love for the church. It's one where you live to please and serve your spouse. One where you serve each other and would die for each other. It's one where the couple serves others and knows that their lives individually and as a couple are a representation of God's love in the world. So here's the big question. How attractive is your marriage? I kind of want to just stop, Don, and just hang out there and let everybody really kind of answer that question to themselves. How attractive is your marriage? And Don, you and I, what about our marriage? I mean, we need to ask that question. Do people want to be around us as a couple? When they look at us, does it make them want to get married, (laughs) stay married, and tell other people to get married? 
Or does it make them want to avoid the commitment of marriage altogether? Do we scare them in the world of marriage when they look at our marriage, Don? I hope not, but that's a question we need to be asking. Now, in my opinion, one of the best or maybe the worst reasons to not get married are the couples that live and act opposite of how Jesus treated the church. They demonstrate by their unkind actions, their negative communication and selfishness that God has no place in their marriage relationship or in their hearts. So we just want to spend a little bit more time on this idea. What makes some marriages unattractive or even downright repulsive? And what do you think, Don? What are some of those things that make some marriages like, oh my gosh, I need to run as fast as I can away from these two people? I think it's funny because when you see an attractive marriage, you know the qualities, but then when you see an unattractive marriage, you can see them as well. (laughs) You know the qualities. qualities. I think when you hear another couple, when they start talking bad about each other or they show disrespect, like that's a very unattractive quality. When you have a couple where they're not sharing the responsibilities, such as the household chores or the kids where one spouse thinks the other spouse is fully 100% responsible for those things, that's a very unattractive quality. When there's couples who aren't sharing maybe even the financial burden of either one spends way too much or one just refuses to get a job, that's a very unattractive quality. But to me, it's more disrespect when they disrespect people or they act like they don't even like like each other, like being married. What about you, Travis? What do you think are some unattractive qualities? Yeah, I think for me, what immediately pops in my mind is couples or really individuals in the marriage that have arrogant attitudes over their spouse or over other people. I mean, that is just one of the worst qualities. Right. It's humility is what Jesus modeled, and that's what works in marriage. But the other one really that pops into my mind is when a couple becomes begins to get into arguments in front of others. Oh, of course, unattractive and awkward. It's awkward for all of us <laughs> right. in the room. And of course, Donna, you and I have had uh, disagreements or conflict in front of other people, but you know, we've tried to remove ourselves right. or you wait till later. You give each other that kind yes. of that eye, like, well, let's we'll drop this. this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I think that there's something about that couple that just goes on and on and on and they lack emotional right. intelligence or awareness. And then ones that have very few morals for themselves individually, but even for their marriage. And it's it's almost like they're this ship that's heading towards a rocky coast and they're going to slam right, right. into it and yeah. their ship is going to bust apart. You just, you just kind of know that that marriage is headed for trouble. So Don, we've had the privilege, as you know so well, of meeting several different couples or really marriages that you and I, they're like our heroes. Right, they're in our hero, yeah. you know, kind of hall of fame for attractive marriages. Right. And so we just want to take a few moments and kind of unpack uh, some of those couples. There's a, a couple down in Iowa. Right. Uh, we love them right. to death. They're amazing. Phenomenal Tell us couple. why uh, we, we love them so much. They actually are business partners in everything, like in their life, in their marriage, but financially they're business partners, but everything that they do, they do together and they do it very, very well. They laugh together. They love hanging out. They're very connected in their community. So not only do they work together, they serve together faithfully over and over again. 
Yeah. And they're so generous, unbelievably generous. And doesn't it seem like every time we're around them and, and when we go down there, we just want to hang out with them, yeah. but they, it seems like they just want to be around each other. Right. And that's such an attractive quality to see a man and a woman who have been married for over two decades. They actually just want to be yes. around each other all the time. They actually like I each other. I love that. <laughs> that's such a good thing. And then I think of those cup, the couple in particular that lives up in North Dakota near and dear friends of ours, but part of it is because they model marriage so well and relationships. What are some of your thoughts on them, Don? Again, this is a couple. They play together. They have fun. They laugh, but they also pray for each other. There is a spiritual um, thing that they have together where they just encourage each other spiritually. They're constantly lifting each other up. They know God's word. And again, they serve together faithfully. Yeah. Their marriage is very attractive. They're a spiritual dynamic duo, aren't they? Are, they? Yeah. And it's fascinating how they lead hundreds of people in terms of growing faith and helping to disciple yeah. other people. I mean, they're, they're a powerhouse couple. They're the real deal. They're the same people behind closed doors as they are in front oh, of the whole crowd. I love that. Authenticity in life, but in marriage right. and, and in their relationships with us and others. It's so cool. And then there's another couple. We're kind of going through these pretty quickly, but there's another couple currently at our church right now that they have their, I think they're in their eighties, but they've been married for 60 years. And I just, the moment I met them, I know you don't know them as well as I do, Don, but the moment I met them, I'm like, I love these guys. First of all, they're in their eighties, but they look like they're barely 58, 60. I mean, they just look and act so young, but then they have this sense where they have literally spent the last 30 years of their lives helping other people. And they have so much depth in the world of marriage and relationships. In fact, they've taught on marriage and done conferences on it. And they're, they're just, they're just fun to be around right now. They're on a long trip across the United States together. Well, it says something about the longevity that they've been married, but they're just joyful people. Like they have joy coming out of their lives. So we bring up these couples to you and there's couples that you guys know that have an attractive marriage. And I think it's really important because we can see those qualities and it helps us evaluate our own marriage. Yeah. And Don, let me just interject really quick too. I would encourage you to spend time with those couples in your life that have marriages like that. Well, once we compare ourselves in a positive way to these other couples, we need to evaluate ourselves. What does our marriage look like? How attractive is our own marriage? So we want to just throw out a marriage challenge to you guys today. And this is it. If you are finding that your marriage isn't what it should be, that it's unattractive, then it's time to get your eyes off of yourself and to place them on Jesus. You have the power to change your marriage and it starts with you individually and then it begins with meeting the needs of your spouse. You just need to stop and take time to examine your own marriage and your own life to determine if your marriage is attractive. That's a great challenge and one that Don, you and I can never stop doing. We need to engage in that challenge as well. And with that challenge, we just wanted to give you guys some discussion questions. You guys, you're the expert in this area because it's your life and it's your marriage. We could try and give you three things that you need to do, but honestly, you know your marriage way more than we do. So here's just some discussion questions that we want you guys to ask each other. The first one is this, what would those who are closest to you in your life say if we asked them about your marriage? That's an interesting question. I, it makes us want to think about what do people say about our marriage? Who do you feel wins most days in your marriage, Jesus or selfishness? And lastly, 
What are three things that you can do as a couple to change the direction your relationship is headed or three things that you can do to deepen your relationship and make it more God honoring? Again, you are the expert of your marriage. Why? Because you're living in those times. You're living in your marriage and ask yourself, take the time to evaluate and ask yourself those questions. So again, we've been talking about is your marriage attractive or is it not? And we really need to be having attractive marriages. And if you don't know that it is, maybe it's time to go back and listen to episode 77. If you don't have a coach yet, get a coach and find out, talk to your spouse, sit down, dig through it. Are you an attractive spouse? Is your marriage attractive? And if not, make those changes. We can change ourselves, can't we? Right. Hey, with that, we want to thank you for listening to this episode of the Loving the Fight Marriage Podcast. Remember, you can do it. You got this. Keep loving the fight. We'll see you next time.